FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. And we're going to have a special shout out to some of our listeners this morning. Special shout out to our listeners in Cradle Mountain, Tasmania. What a beautiful part of the world that is. Anyone's been to Cradle Mountain? I can't believe we've got a transmitter there. That is absolutely sensational. Um, Also a shout out to uh, those listening in Adelaide, South Australia. A lot of listeners from Adelaide Mm. on 88.0. And then in Weymouth, Victoria, also on 88.0. Man, we've covered the entire southeast right there. Yeah, that's, kind of. That's just kind of everyone. Have. That's just everyone yeah. who lives there. Hey, if you're listening to one of those, <laughs> if you're listening to one of those uh, locations. Give us a call. Let us know if you're uh, if you're a tourist at Cradle Mountain right mm-hmm. now, and you are tuning in. We would love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Yeah, we would. I, I never, I never would have thought we had a transmitter in Cradle Mountain. That is absolutely spectacular. I think I've been to Cradle Mountain. It's like world heritage stuff right there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's fantastic. La, what are you grateful for this morning? Well, well... Okay, okay, I feel like I know what you're going to say. I feel like in my heart... Yes? I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say something about spending time with your granddaughter. No, I wasn't, actually. Really? No, I wasn't. I was going to say something about... um, I was going to say something about my wife deciding the weather had turned warmer and putting all the pot plants outside for the springtime. And then last night, it very nearly frosted at our house. (laughs) But I'm just not not going to be... I'm not sure whether the thankful part comes in on that. That's... She lessened the amount That's of... That's hilarious. I'm thankful the, that you told me. Lessened the blanket content of our bed because, like, well, the weather's getting warmer now. And we're just and to death. Cold, yeah. Oh, it yes. was cold last night. But apparently it's going to be 21 here today in Newcastle. Nice You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're with the Double Team, Lyle and Lawson. We are about to have our new quiz for the week with a new prize. Lawson's going to tell you all about it. That's right. Okay, let's start with our first question for the quiz. And again, we have to remind everyone that I I gave a bit of a clue on Friday. Every single quiz question today is about 2nd John. Yes. Every single quiz question. So that means. Who memorized 2nd John? Like the whole book. (laughs) Special prize for anybody who's memorized (laughs) the entire book and can call producer Shell. And recite it that would be, honestly. That would be amazing. Honestly. Uh-huh. Maybe we should FaceTime in, Zoom in. <laughs> no, nah, we'll trust you guys who can recite it off by heart, who memorised it over the weekend. We did put that challenge out on Friday. But at the same time, we also put the challenge out to read Second John because all of our questions today are going to be re- related to Second John. And if you Don't like, read it now. Oh, no, I forgot to read it. <laughs> it's not going to take you very long to, to read no. through Second John. So the first question of our Second John quiz today is, who did the writer... Of John introduce himself as in the letter. Who did the writer of this book, Second John, how did he introduce himself? Who did he introduce himself as? 0491-064-669. Now, if you get that question correct, you will go into the draw to win the Holy Bible. 
Cool. Like a really, really, really nice one that's leather and has study helps like in really, it. Really, really valuable. A one. really expensive, awesome Bible that would be fantastic either for yourself if you would like a Bible or also would be a fantastic present or, you know, it's always good to have a couple Bibles around. Yes. If, what, what translation do we get? This one is a King James. Oh, yes. So we're there giving you away go. a real the Bible real today. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, well, you so know, this is a Bible that deserves to be leather bound. That's right. I have, like, at home, I have a few different Bibles. I've got my New King James that I preach out of. I've got my New King James Study Help Bible, uh, kind of similar to this one, but a bit different, um, that I study out of. And then I have a big King James family Bible that has illustration and it's all gold and super thick and awesome. Yes. And, you know, ready to start my family. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, this Bible, again, it, maybe you have a Bible and you'd like to win this one because, you know, it'll add to your collection, or you've never, you don't have a Bible, or you would like to give this Bible to someone. Either way, this is an incredible Bible, which you can win. Again, that question was, who did the writer of Second John introduce himself as in the letter? 0491-064-669. Call or text that number and we'll give you this, you know, completely for free, provided that you also win the draw at the end of the week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, let's have some uh, positively different news. Some positively different news. Okay, this one is controversial to me. Okay, personally to me. So right now I've engaged into my studies again. You know, yes. I'm currently doing a language unit, so lots of memorization and learning Hebrew. of... Yeah, Hebrew. that's right. That's Hebrew. right. Lots of memorization, learning of vocab and whatnot. And I was reading a study this morning that said apparently... Listening to music while studying leads to a higher GPA. Yes. And it's been studied before. But I totally and completely do not agree. At least anecdotally. Okay. Okay. I I have What do you listen to when you're studying? Nothing. Silence. I can't. I cannot. I cannot. I, I, I actually agree with you on this one. For me as well. I cannot do it. Okay, there's a few different things you can do while like listening to music, you know, whether it's doing the dishes or whatever. But I find that if, if I'm doing the dishes while listening to music or listening to a podcast, I go slower and do a worse job. Really? That's, okay, so I listen to a podcast, but I never listen to music. But like, like podcast I, is educational. I'm I, learning something. I'm going somewhere. That's a, that's that's meaningful. But music is just like, why? Yeah, I now. I, but you're a you're a music person. I love I love music. You live for music. I I love it. I'm about it. I'm I'm into it. But honestly, so one time I went to the go kart track, for example, and yes. I put my Bluetooth headphones under my helmet to listen to music. And I was like, I'll probably go well. I did like two laps and was just driving off the track. I couldn't handle it so i just turned it off and was like no thank you i I can't do this like my consistent experience has been if there's music present i do worse at everything studying washing the dishes driving a go-kart riding my motorbike in the backyard i have a solution for you what you're listening to the wrong kind of music. No, but even... No, like, no, no. Yes, you what you're going to say, the Mozart. You're the, listening you know, to that. Mozart and Handel no, and I don't care. classical well, music. I've tried. Because when you listen to music that you really like, you start listening to the music rather than doing your work. Yeah, but... No, Whereas what but you I need like that is music. you need some instrumental that's in the background that your brain is not actually registering that it's even there. No, but this is the thing. It's like I, I, I physically can't do it. Maybe I have ADHD. I don't know. But I 
physically can't have music on at the same... Like, okay, let's you say... You have music without words. Let's say I'm sitting in a cafe studying, which is something that I do sometimes. We have a mm. lovely cafe up the road here called Food Pharmacy. It's completely vegan and they have Amazing. decaf coffee and I'm about it, bro. Yes. And I go there and I'll study. And it's like in the background so much, like I can just focus. But if anything is close to my ears, if I've got headphones in my ears, I'm done, bro. I am like, they're, they're, I cannot focus. I just can't. I just cannot. And so, yeah, I was reading this study and they were saying, oh, no, but we, we surveyed 2,000 Americans and we saw that there was, you know, an, like a more likely chance that you'd get a high GPA if you're listening to music. And then they put up all the different music that people listen to while they're studying. And classical was first. Of course. Uh, second, second. Not that, that I'm into classical, but research has brought has pointed that out for like ever yeah. that is the most effective music to yeah, listen 100%. to while you are studying i love classical music like dude i'm, I'm i don't mind it. i'm about my mozarts and shostakovich and all that's like it's cool second uh was r&b music people listen to r&b and then thirdly was country can't imagine r&b would give you good yeah CBA. Uh, it's funny because on this list, like this was like the top ten. Hip hop is is like at the very bottom, like of people listening to study. Because I really feel like I couldn't focus if that was in my ears. No, but seriously, like, but even podcasts, like even podcasts, I just, I just, I just can't do it. I'm, I just don't know. No, you can't listen to a podcast and study. Yeah, but like, but even doing the dishes, like I, I was so shocked by this that everyone is just in agreement. Like, yeah, you listen to music while studying and it helps you. I'm like. I've never done that. I can't. I've never done it. I just cannot. If you can, 0491-064-669. We'd love to know how your guys' brain works. Yes. You know, we, we would love to know. Because then I think of it like even the next step, I'm like, can I listen to Christian music and read the Bible at the same time? And absolutely not. Like, I, there is just no way I could do it. It depends whether it has words. I don't know that I've ever tried it. Yeah. No, I don't believe I ever have tried studying and listening at the same time, but mm. definitely if something got, has words that I can understand, mm. like country music often has words that you can understand, mm. then just no. Mm. You just can't do two things at once. Mm. You either listen to it or you study the Bible or do your studies. That's right. But instrumental music, yeah. Mm. I think in the background where my brain brain can switch off to its presence, I think I could probably do that. I've never tried it, though. Mm. What do you reckon, Producer Shell? Are you, like, on the music while studying? I have to have the music on, yeah. You have to. But not not new music, Uh stuff that I'm already familiar with Uh so that it's not going to be, like, super distracting, like, Uh ooh, what's the song, you know? Uh But if it's stuff that I already know and love, it's not going to interfere with my reading. Wow. Okay, I'm... I'm, I, no, I have to have it on. No, I'm with you, Lawson. I'm with and you. Cooking, uh, uh, dude. Yeah, totally. But that's more of a distraction thing, and that's why I actually do worse. I'm like, I'm like now cooking with music on, and then I'm like, oh, I'm burning my food. <laughs> like, we did. We used to do something when our kids were younger and still living at home when uh, we needed to clean the house, and we'd be like, okay, we're gonna oh, clean the whole awesome. house. And uh, there was a playlist that Shell had, a house cleaning playlist. Uh-huh. And he put that playlist on and the house would be clean in like a quarter of the time. I don't know what it was that she used to play, but it was... It was, it was <laughs> well, we used to like pick a long song and say, all right, by the time this song is over, 
let's see how much of the house we can have done. And we just all like run and clean. <laughs> You're like treating your children like canines. Like, you know how it's like you get them to work by making everything a game. Like with, the, you know, the dogs, like the police dogs yeah, and stuff. And dogs, That's genius. Poli- a police dog has never worked a day in its life. Yeah, it's just having fun. And, and apparently neither has your children. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, awesome. you do something you enjoy, you never work a day in your life. Isn't that how the saying goes? It, correct. Well, hey, if you have any thoughts, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This morning, and Lawson is about to bring us another question for our quiz. All right. Again, we said the theme today is Second John. I hope you, in that song break, just went and read it. But maybe, you know, you're like me where you can't read it in the presence of the song. Or maybe you're like producer Shell where you potentially could. I don't know. But we are. We hope that you read Second John. And now our next question is, who was Second John addressed to? Okay. So we talked about who, who did John introduce himself as in Second John. But now, who did he write it to? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our fantastic leather Muffinly Study Help Edition Bible. We will give this to you absolutely for free, provided that you win the draw. It is an amazing, expensive, awesome Bible that would be either great for yourself or great for a friend that you give it to. But again, that question was, who was Second John addressed to? 0491-064-669. And hey, if you want any terms and conditions in regards to our quiz, if you want to know how it goes down, you can head to our website, faithfm.com.au, and you'll have the opportunity to have a look at it. So Karen says that her husband always takes a shower listening to a podcast. Oh, that's awesome. That would be... Just horrific on my hot water bill. Yeah. If I did that, yeah. <laughs> I just know how that would work. All right. Let's, uh, let's, okay. So we did say that we talk about, uh, casinos this morning, gambling mm. and organized crime. Can you imagine that those two things would go together? Have they ever not gone together? Has there ever been an environment <laughs> where gambling and organized crime has not been in the same bucket together? So Australia's biggest casino, most expensive casino development ever is the one that's been built up in Queensland. Mm. A key owner of that has a long history of association with organised crime mm. figures and people blacklisted by the by gambling regulators around the world. Mm. I mean, so this is this is something that is absolutely well known, and Queensland has done their due diligence, and they have decided that yes, these are fit and proper people to be operating a a casino mm. in Queensland. Now, now, casinos are just renowned for connections to organised crime mm-hmm. and money laundering and gangsters and gang bosses and, of course, triads and so forth. Uh, Chow Tai Fook, which was... Especially because it's literally a scam. That's right. The whole thing is a scam. Is Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the house always wins. It's a very simple formula. The house never loses. That's why the casino is still standing the next day when you go back. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is making money is because they are taking your money mm-hmm. and they and it is it is the most unproductive business that there is. It dis, all it does is it makes money out of dis, out of destroying people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you, when you compare camp gambling to other things that we ban, say for instance drugs, we ban drugs. Mm-hmm. Can't you go, can't go and use recreational drugs because of the detrimental impact it has on society, the misery, the death, 
that it brings on society and we're like, no, we want to promote good society in Australia mm. so we won't have drugs. Mm. But gambling is just as addictive and it brings just as much misery and death and it is where all of the drug lords launder their money. Yeah. Where do you think they wash that stuff? They wash it at the casino. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chow Tai Fook, controlled by the powerful Cheng family in Hong Kong, uh, was endorsed by the Queensland government in 2015 as a fit and proper partner in its new $3.8 billion casino development at Queen's Wharf. So this is nothing small. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former Queensland Auditor General Len Scanlon, who was appointed as the probity advisor uh, on the project, has denied any knowledge of the criminal network building the casino. So, like, okay. this is like a really well-known criminal network from around <laughs> the world. He's like, well, you don't know what you... I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't actually know. Mm. So, the, so Chow Tai Fook um, owns 25% of the casino and 50, 50% of the apartments. So that's a... Oh, and it gets a commission for every VIP that it brings. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's a, a massive stake right there. Mm. Uh, this criminal network... Um, is directly associated with a Hong Kong underworld figure known as Broken Tooth and his protege, Alvin Chow. Now, Alvin Chow, last November, was arrested on, cop this, 286 charges, Uh, criminal charges. Of what? Like, just just everything? Yes. Like, they they just, they were like, you are the boss of an organised crime ring and we're going to throw it all at you. Wow. Okay, so these guys were also part of a failed Australian uh, casino bid with uh, discredited gambling tycoon Stanley Ho Mm. um, and has interest in his companies, which have been blacklisted in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. So they're in bed with those guys. Uh, The Goddison Inquiry team in in Queensland is going to look into this because it seems that the star has turned a blind eye to money laundering and criminal infiltration. Mm. Okay, so the uh, Palaszczuk government allowed uh, Chai Tai Fook to become a major shareholder in the casino despite laws that prohibit business associated one with anyone of ill repute or undesirable financial sources. Now, the Cheng family in uh, Hong Kong basically invented the Macau casino business. Mm-hmm. And that was basically a license to print money. It produced rivers of gold. The interesting mm. thing about how you've got to understand how the Macau, uh, Macau casino business operates mm. or operated. So gambling is illegal in China. Yeah. So they build all of these casinos in, in Macau so that the Chinese you know, heavy hitters that were making lots of money in China could come down there and gamble. But because gambling is illegal in China and a lot of these high rollers were gambling on credit, mm. there was no way of recouping that money when they went back to China. Mm. So what did they do? They outsourced their, uh, their, their business of recouping their debts mm-hmm. to the triads uh-huh. and a team of rival triad gangs and enforcers that were right across China so that they could go and basically as enforcers. Yeah. 
to get their debts back. Yeah, that's right. To scare these people so badly that they would not think of defaulting on their debts yes. or trying to disappear back into China because there was no legal recourse in China, so that's what you do. You, mm-hmm. you, you hire gangsters. Mm-hmm. And so from the very beginning and for a very, very long time, these companies have been involved in really bad stuff. Here in New South Wales, what was it, a couple of years ago? They were estimating that Star Casino here in New South Wales was laundering $2 million a day. Wow. A day. Mm. That was what was exposed. And where's all of that money coming from? That's all criminal money that is coming from drugs. We outlaw drugs, but we don't outlaw the process by which the drug money is then laundered. Mm. So this is a massive, massive double standard here. Uh, so Chow Tai Tai Fook and Stanley Ho, uh, they built this whole uh, casino industry, the, the two of them, uh, basically, yeah, with a, with a license to print money. Now, Brogan Tooth, who used to head up, he was the guy that headed up uh, Chow Tai Fook, he was imprisoned in 1998 for bombing the police chief's car. <laughs> Not a smart thing to do. Uh, he was released in 2012. And this particular tri- triad crime boss is currently under US government sanctions for corruption, bribery, and misappropriation of state assets and building a casino here in Queensland. Mm. Uh, he established a, a, a casino VIP room in his casinos that was exclusively for the use of triad members. Mm. Nobody else got to use that. You know, when you when you you don't have to scratch very deep under the surface here to see a whole bunch of massive corruption. Mm. Uh, the Canadians, they've been looking into Broken Tooth as well, uh, former head of Chow Tai Fook, uh, as, as a result of massive, untraceable financial resources from money laundering mm. that they have discovered. Alvin Chow, he's the new Broken Tooth, uh, is even wealthier and worse, according to the Canadians. He has a well-known and substantial criminal history. Mm. So he's the one that's just been charged with 200. You know, you, you're doing well to get charged with 286 crimes. Uh, so, you know, when you look at what these guys have been up to, and, and I've only really just scratched the surface of this particular story here, we see that this is something totally, totally morally corrupt to mm. the core, and Australia should have nothing to do with it. Mm. Australia should never have got involved in gambling in the first place. The Bible is totally against gambling, and we shouldn't have anything to do with it either. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to head into our interview of the day. Before we do, another question for our quiz. What do deceivers and antichrist not acknowledge in their teaching? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that question. If you do, you will go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is our leather KJV Bible with study helps as well. This is an awesome, expensive, amazing Bible, a great gift for you, a great gift for a friend, whatever it may be. You can enter the quiz today by answering these questions correctly. And this question was, again, what do the deceivers and antichrist not acknowledge in their teachings? You'll know the answer to that if you have read the book of Second John, which all of our clues are in regards to today. But again, what do deceivers and antichrists not acknowledge in their teaching? 0491 064 669. 
You know the number, you know what to do. Give us a call right now. Joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Justin Jackson. He is a Christian doctor and internal medicine and infectious disease specialist. He's been sharing with us a theme this year of Gems from the Li- Gems for Life from Creation Week. Dr. Justin Jackson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be with you this morning. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, we've been discovering that the first two chapters of Genesis are just packed full with a complete health prescription. And this was something that, you know, when we started this year, I sort of thought, well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of basic ideas there, but never realized just how much there was in those first two chapters of Genesis. What are we talking about today? Well, today we are going to explore the concept of awe, actually, but we'll get there in a little bit. It's almost springtime in the Southern Hemisphere, and um, most of us are starting to enjoy a little bit more time back outdoors. And so our text from Genesis this morning comes from Genesis 2.8, and it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man that he'd formed. So that passage tells me that our designed habitat a place where we'll really thrive and reach peak mental, physical and emotional well-being is in the natural world. And there are many aspects of the natural world that we could explore. In fact, each of the windows into our body is designed to convey life-giving properties inward. Yeah, I want to talk about those windows in just a moment. I just want to ask you about what they that they actually are. But, you know, when we talk about springtime nearly arriving, hmm. I don't know what it's like for, I, I think you're down in Victoria, is that right? Yes, yes. So, so at the moment, yes. yeah, I was just going to say the wattles are just starting to come out. Um, there's a Daphne bush that's outside our window that's that's beautiful at the moment, yeah. So we had the interesting experience of uh, I've seen two blue tongue lizards in the last couple of days, so they're out and about. The reptiles are starting to wake back, wake back up, and you, you see the you see the blue tongue in the back garden. It's like, yeah, you know, springtime's on its way, and it was a nice, pleasant day. And my wife produces shells. She's taking the pot plants outside because they've been living inside during the winter. And then last night we nearly had a frost. Oh, really? Yes, it yeah. was a cold one. Well, it's the, it's the echidnas that, that uh, signal springtime for us, that the echidnas start, start walking around, yeah. Ah, uh, very, very, very nice. Okay, let's go back to the windows of the soul and or the windows of the person. How do you mean that we have windows? What, is, what does that actually mean and how do we actually interact with the fact that springtime is coming and that, you know, God made a garden for Adam and Eve and put them in a garden. What's that got to do with windows and what's that got to do with health? Yeah, well, there are windows in and windows out, aren't there? So we've got, you know, the five windows, the the senses, so touch, hearing, smell, taste and sight, and they're all windows into us. But, yeah, there are windows outdoors as well. And perhaps I might share the story of Paul Ulrich with our listeners just to illustrate um, the point about health. As an 11-year-old, Paul was really a little bit sickly with kidney disease and had to spend a lot of time in his bedroom. Outside his window grew this majestic pine tree and he discovered that um, by looking at the pine tree, it would help him get through his worst day by getting rid of the feelings of sadness and gloom and creating a sense of optimism and hope within him. And it's interesting that often these experiences as a young person can can really shape our future life. 
And so Paul went on to become a professor in the design of healthcare facilities and hospitals and published um, this paper called View Through a Window May Influence Recovery from Surgery. And this was a very famous publication back in 1984 where he looked at patients that were stuck in a hospital bed facing a brick wall and compared those to patients that were looking out on a natural scene and found that those looking out into nature had um, less pain requirements, so they took less analgesics, um, they had shorter stays in hospital, they recovered more quickly, and interestingly, the nurses' notes um, commented more positively on those people as well. That's fascinating. I remember uh, my mother was a nurse when I was when I was young. Uh, she passed away when I was young, but she was a nurse. She worked at the Royal Hobart Hospital, and one of the things that... Mm. Um, I find interesting about the old Royal Hobart Hospital is that the wards all had balconies and in fine weather the patients could have their bed wheeled outside onto the balcony. Uh, mm. would, this, would this be something that would shorten their stay and lessen the amount of painkillers that they would require as they recover just by being able to be outside in the sunshine and the fresh air. I mean, it was in the middle of Hobart, so, you know, it wasn't yeah. exactly the same as looking at a pine tree. Yeah. Oh, look, Hobart's beautiful. I lived there for 12 months um, uh, looking out over the Derwent River. Um, I think, you know, in, in that kind of scenario, there are multiple things that would impact their, their length of stay. You mentioned the sunshine, and we've talked about that, and the fresh air as well. But the thing that was really interesting in this study was the only variable that changed, though, was, you know, they weren't getting more sunshine or fresh air. They were just looking just at seeing nature. Something. Just, seeing just seeing something, something. with their eyes. That's, mm. that's incredibly mm. powerful. So, so, you know, it reminds me of what the Bible says. You know, Jesus describes the eye as a lamp shining into the body uh, for spiritual health, but it seems that the same thing applies physically. It obviously matters that what we look, what we look at. What do you think of the? Why? Why, why do you think the, a view of the natural world is so powerful? Yeah, well, one of the reasons that I think viewing the natural world is so powerful is that sense of awe, and that's that's what we're going to focus on for the, the rest of our discussion. Um, awe has incredibly powerful effects on the mind, um, and from the mind, that flows on to affect the rest of the body. So people have looked at um, awe and the immune system and it reduces inflammation and improves the immune system. So like those other things that you were mentioning, the, the diet and sleep, the sunshine, etc., our emotions um, and what we see can powerfully affect our health. And so, you know, studies have documented, for instance, that the cytokines, they're the things that make us feel terrible when we've got the flu, for instance, um, when we have a sense of awe, those cytokine levels drop within us. So uh, I must say, I think that's absolutely awesome. That is absolutely amazing. And I was thinking about that, you know, being full of awe helps us feel less awful. Absolutely. So what does the, what does the yeah. word awe actually mean? Because you can be awful or full of awe, and we want to be full of awe, not awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the technical definition from the literature is um, a, a sense of emotion that arises when we encounter something that's so strikingly vast that it forces new thoughts, a new mental schema. So in other words, it's really saying that what we're seeing 
tells us something out there is infinitely greater, more powerful, wiser, more creative, more artistic, more vast than us. And we want to often share these moments with someone else. Um, I'm sure our listeners are thinking of times right now when they have that sense of awe. Yeah, I mean, I can think of, uh, you know, thinking of vast places. A couple of years ago, we were at um, Lake Eyre. That was a vast place and it definitely inspired awe. You look out and see nothing. Nothing is sometimes awe-inspiring. Another place that inspired awe was travelling through Iran where there's just massive mountains everywhere and you just see one mountain range after another after about three or four days. You actually lose that sense of awe because you become immune to it. But, you know, if I if I think through my mind, you know, uh, another place full of mountains was uh, that Lawson and I travelled to was Ethiopia. Uh, just huge mm. mountain ranges, just as far as the eye can see. So, yeah, things like mountains, waterfalls, vast open spaces, the ocean, you know, we all love to go to the beach. I mean, that's just, yeah, yeah. we're Aussies, we, we, we live at the beach. These are no, places that, that, that come to mind. Yeah, yeah. And so if, uh, if researchers were to look at you, and here's an interesting study where they got people just for one minute to stand and look at a tall tree, and then they had another group that looked at, again, similar to our earlier study, uh, uh, the facade of a building. And what they did was they then staged someone stumbling in front of these different groups of people, um, one at a time, and dropping some pens on the ground. And they found that those that had looked at the tall trees um, were more willing to pick up pens and help out someone in need compared to those that had looked at the building. And the um, researchers attributed that to the sense of awe that the people described looking at the trees, and that's specifically what they were studying. So it makes us feel less entitled, more willing to help, more humble. Um, Fascinating that it will actually change the way in which we behave towards other people and and are willing to sacrifice and help out. And it definitely reinforces in my mind the benefits of living in the country where you wake up and you see created things, as in created by God rather than man-made things. So all mm. seems to put mm. us in our in our rightful place and give us a true perspective. Um, the Psalm of David comes to mind, you know, the, the one where it says, mm. uh, when I mm. consider... Consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? Seems like David had yes. an understanding of this. Yes, yeah. And again, that's um, you know what awe does to us. It, it's called the small effect, and it makes us feel more humble. So another interesting study, visitors um, to Yosemite are often awe-inspired. You were talking about the various mountains. And what the researchers did was they compared people that had looked at Yosemite National Park to tourists to a city, and they asked them to pick a circle size that represented their self and also draw a self-portrait. And compared to tourists in the city, those that had been to Yosemite um, had a much smaller perspective of themselves, drew a smaller circle and smaller self-portraits. So or can give us a better sense of perspective and make us realise our problems aren't as big as we thought, and also that God is bigger than our problems. That is absolutely fascinating. So 
in the Bible, we've got the story of Job, and we've talked a little bit about that recently. But you know, God's, God God asks Job if he can control the stars or the laws of the universe or the sea or the wild animals. Uh, how do you think we can incorporate a sense of awe into our lives? Well, I think there's lots and lots of little ways in which we can do this. I like what Einstein said. He said there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle and the other as though everything is a miracle. And I think if we live our lives this way, we'll constantly experience that sense of awe. So I think taking time to deliberately experience awe and the transcendence of God, um, particularly important when we're feeling down or sick or when situations threaten to overwhelm us, I don't think it has to be something big. So we can put a vase of flowers on our desk we can just look at the opening bud of the leaf or the flower. Um, our work breaks, let's take them outside. Deliberately look up at the trees or the vastness of the sky. Or just watching the way a bird flies. Um, listening to music. I think in our relationships, we can create times of togetherness and awe. Watching a sunset or taking our kids out at night, looking up at the stars. Um, the other thing that I think is really important, awe can be created by contemplating acts of selfness, selflessness and greatness. And so probably best exemplified in Jesus' life, spending time thinking about him. I've got a text just to share. <laughs> when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That just reminds me of Yosemite and, and the fact that God is so much higher than us. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show this morning, Dr. Justin Jackson, and talking about awe, never thought it could have such a profound impact on our health. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.